Hey guys, it's Zach Frederick, and today we are going to be reading through Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. The title heading in this section is called Children of the Light, and the metaphor of light and darkness is often used throughout the Bible. As children of the light, we are called to live differently, um, but also that that light will help guide us and illuminate maybe bad things in our lives and make those same things that uh, we see as bad or wrong visible in the lives of other people we know. So let's read Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Paul starts off um, this section of his letter by sharing and encouraging them and bringing a word of correction with the Lord's authority. Not that Paul's authority wasn't enough, but that often when you're under someone else's authority or someone greater than you, that's more respected. People might listen to them more carefully than they would you. So I could say that this uh, podcast, I speak with the Steve's authority, um, and I bring it to you with that, you know, Steve Thompson and Steve Durr. Then maybe you might listen to it differently, or maybe not, I don't know. What's important here is that, that Paul is saying this isn't simply his own opinion or thought, but that these commands are from God. We see it right away as Paul calls all to repentance, saying, live no longer as Gentiles or those who don't follow God. Paul calls them hopeless, hopeless in that they've, they have no truth to put their hope in or that what they put their hope in is fleeting and often man-made. Paul then uses darkness to describe the sinful nature, the sinful mindset that we might have. Just think for maybe you parents uh, of the first time your kids began to learn right and wrong. Or for those of you that don't have kids, just maybe remember watching little kids as they kind of begin to figure that out. There's this point of understanding where they kind of understand things that they shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't do. And there's always that moment, most parents usually remember, when their kid disobeys for the first time. And often maybe even more memorable or more difficult is the, the, remember, the remembering of the first time you had to punish that kid. And the idea that there's early, from early on there's that mindset of understanding whether we choose to obey or disobey. And that sometimes that choice to disobey is just maybe a little bit easier or more enticing. Paul describes a life without sin, what a life without sin looks like. He says, closed-minded, and they're closed-minded, hard in their hearts, no shame, no sense of shame, and they give in to lustful pleasure and impurity. And that's just to name a few in here. When we give in to the desire, desires of our sinful nature, we decide to live in the darkness. Often we see people so caught up in their brokenness that they're either unaware of the bad things that they are doing or have become desensitized to a life of sin. The shame or conviction that one might feel has gone and they begin to believe that what they're doing is not only okay, but acceptable and normal. I know that oftentimes in my life when uh, maybe 
you begin to follow Jesus or you begin to just forget or become used to sinning and that those things, you know, don't seem maybe as terrible as they once were. You become normalized to it. It's like a person with a clogged artery to their heart. They don't realize that their body isn't working at its fullest capacity. Some people even feel fine and don't realize the true danger that they're in and that their heart's not working to its full ability and has be- and it's become normal to them. Often the only way they find out something is wrong is either something terrible happens like a heart attack or if they luck out, it gets caught in maybe a checkup. How easy is it maybe for Christians to just maybe drift from God, as I kind of mentioned earlier? You don't really realize that simply coming to church on Sunday has become your only point of contact throughout the week with God and that slowly um, the life that you say you're living and following God has kind of become an empty charade. Yet the most redeeming word that Paul has for all people in this passage is this, the word but, but, but that living a life like that is not the end and that those struggles with sin or living a life of sin can be redeemed and transformed by Christ. Paul very clearly spells out what a life outside of God looks like, but now gives us direction of how we can step into a life of Christ. Because a life of Christ is a life of seeking the truth, a truth that we can see in Scripture. As we look at our own life, and then the life of Jesus and others in the Bible, we see that it looks what it looks like to live a life that's following God. Often people use the idea of Scripture being like a mirror. Um, if that's not familiar to, familiar to you, I'll explain it a little bit. See, Scripture, it allows us to look at the reflection of our life and compare. When we compare to God's Word and see if we are being a true reflection of Christ, and we see something that doesn't reflect Christ or that our lives doesn't reflect Him, then He tells us to throw it off. That's what Paul says. He says, throw it off, that sinful nature, to rid ourselves of the sin in our lives. In doing so, we can then redefine ourselves in Christ. So Paul says, says we can let the Spirit renew our thoughts and attitudes. It's not us trying harder or us doing the right thing more often. It's accepting God's help and transforming the Spirit into our heart and minds so that we can, He can redefine us. Not so that we can redefine us, but that He can redefine us. And when we accept that and step into the new nature, that God has for us, Christ then defines us. And Paul says, we will be truly righteous and holy. So what does your reflection look like? If you don't know what your reflection looks like, then maybe take some time to examine your life. How are you living it? Are you reflecting Christ? Are there areas in your life where you need to throw off the sinful nature? Have you accepted and stepped into the identity that Christ has given you? Or are you still living into what others have spoken over you? Or maybe you have spoken over yourself. There's hope and truth in Christ. And there's nothing more freeing than living a life in pursuit of God that is no longer defined and ruled by sin and struggle. See, it's really easy for us to live a life maybe where we've drifted or not truly um, been following God with our whole heart. And maybe it's, it's easy to live a life or a faith where it's lukewarm. And so we can say that we're following him or that, well, my nature, my, my nature isn't that, that sinful. It's not super sinful. 
and that Christ has called us to live a life uh, of holiness and being whole in him. And so that living a life that's not that sinful isn't the goal, but living a life that is is full and, and can be identified in him. And like he says, truly righteous and holy, that's, that's the goal and that's the hope. So let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you that you're a God who gives us hope and gives us life, that through that hope we can live a new life with you. So I pray for each of us that we take the time to examine our life, to truly see the reflection of who we are, and that you would help us to see the areas we need to grow and the areas maybe we need to just surrender to you. And that, God, you would, you would give us the courage to hand those over to you. Often it's so hard to surrender things to you, Lord. So we just pray that, that with that same courage, you would give us the strength to do that as well. So that in doing so, you would renew us, not only in our thoughts, but in our attitudes and in our relationships as well. That you would begin in us a process of transformation and change to become more like you and who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed day.